Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's that time of the week again. The Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard, and get ready for an hour nothing but NRL tour. Rep round is in the books, and we're back to the real business that is the NRL round ten this week. Brock, what do you think about the rep round that just went? Uh, I thought it was rubbish, um, and it's definitely not a uh, not a highlight on my calendar. Put it that way. You're not a fan? No, not a fan at all. Pretty ruthless. <laughs> Very ruthless assessment. Uh, me personally, I was fifty fifty. I usually kind of enjoy watching some of these games, but I do agree with what you've said. The last few years, we just stopped start to kind of get a form line or a gauge of what's going on and then we hit the skids for a couple of games honestly that don't frankly mean that much and even the mid-year test as much as I do love seeing Australia and New Zealand play it's never really thrown up a classic since I've been alive from memory yeah um, I, I just I had a not arguments with people on Twitter but differences of opinion with some people on Twitter in that they're saying oh international footy's great and I agree but you're not really treating it with much respect to have it in that slot um, you saw what the coaches think of it by pulling all the players out. Uh, not so much, obviously, the, the, the main test match, uh, which was my other argument. Like To think that a PNG-Fiji game is, is up to the level of a, an Australian-New Zealand game is ridiculous no, in our current state close. of play. Like, you've got Sammy Radrara, who's run for the hills to get the, the cash to play for Australia, and in the current system, I can't blame him for that. No. But it weakens international football because Fiji then lose their best player, yeah, which then weakens the standard of those sides, which therefore weakens the level of competition in international football. I've also got an argument for everyone that's saying that we should throw money at international football. I disagree. I think our brand is what we have over here is our competition. But I don't think it's our competition's responsibility to grow international football. No, neither do it's I. It's international but... football's responsibility to grow international football. When they're saying this war fund, they're like, we should throw that at guys to go play for their countries, even if you did... But did put... that war fund... For, for... No. That war fund's gone now. That was a okay. Dave Smith thing. All I'm saying is, let's put it this way, even if you did give Fiji every player back or New Zealand got every player back, if we had our best nation still with enough money to everyone go play evenly for who they played for, you'd still have the same two sides dominate everybody. In my, That's my opinion. Well, see, I, I don't. I think you got the three. Obviously, England, throw England in that if they've got a, um, all their players there. And then I, I, I agree with you. There's a massive drop-off to the other nations. And that's where, you know, we, we're not up to, you know, and we shouldn't be comparing ourselves to other sports. But when you look at it, our closest rival is rugby union. And internationally, we, we're nowhere near them. No, absolutely right. nowhere near that. Look, they're going to pause their Super Rugby competition for a three-match Test series against England, mm. and all three of those games are already sold out. Yeah, you know. Whereas we get like if you saw some of the shots at Parramatta Stadium during the Fiji PNG game, mm. there was no one there. 
like obviously they packed it out for Samoa Tonga and the demographic of Western Sydney has a lot of yeah. Samoan and Tonga and it's a fantastic advertisement for their culture and they love it and, yeah. it's, and it's a great thing but for me I think we've got to have an international window similar to what the soccer does and that's where all our focus shifts not just do it, give it a, a blase weekend mm. and I think Schedule, uh, schedule wise, we've got our uh, we've got our wires crossed. It should be a flow. It should be city, country, origin, international footy. Yeah, international footy for me is end of the season. I, I tend to agree. You don't play I, middle of the year, but the biggest thing again, other blokes were whinging or people were coming out saying why did a few get let go from some clubs and others didn't. Well, Blake Austin, for example, is still carrying injuries and niggles and has had a knee problem, a hamstring problem. And he got an upgraded deal last year. For, again, if you don't pay attention to little details, went to Canberra on a couple-year deal. That deal got renegotiated, obviously, after the fantastic season he had. They didn't want to get close to going over market. So they've upped him maybe five, dollars $600,000. Yeah. And you want him to play in a game that he scored a hat-trick in last year and didn't even get considered for origin. So yeah. you're asking Canberra, who pays his wages, to let him go play in basically a Mickey Mouse game when they already know. Well, everyone knows my feelings on it. I made them uh, loud and clear last week. I think the game, that game's a joke. Brad Fittler almost said it on uh, Sunday NRL when he had an interview with them saying that, look, you know, if we're not going to take this game seriously, he was more angling at the fact that the coaches, like you say, um, and I totally agree with your argument. Yeah, Brad Austin, like, if the they were going to pick him, but no, well, I'm not, but in that example I am, mm. I think there was a lot of clubs that were selfish and... Pool play. Like, I think Wayne Bennett, to say that Milford couldn't play in the Samoa-Tonga game was a bit rich. Mm. Um, and I think we've got to have clear rules there about it. But I just don't think it should even be up to the clubs to have to worry about it. It should just be that we've got an international break. It doesn't affect you club-wise, and it'd be perfect if it's after the grand final. Yeah, it doesn't affect the clubs right, at After all. the grand final. My issue during the year, and it is the club's problem, is they pay the wages. So if I am paying Milford 6700 or Austin yeah. 6700 or like, yeah, but it's a part of a, an NRL contract is that they need to be available. No, we need to. If it's part of the contract, you need to fill well, because it's binding. But you, you, need could, to, you can Mickey Mouse that easily, though. You go to the club doctor, and I get all that, and that's what's happening. Yeah. Um, and I don't, so I, really I don't think play them. the argument for that is probably the relevancy of it. I, I think city country should cease to exist unless every New South Wales player that is eligible to play state of origin we pick our best side apart from those that play for Australia. There would have Simple been a as fair, that. There would have been a fair few available. We only had four on the Australian side. That's what I'm saying. But, so, but And then again, I, I look at it, and like I said last week, I don't understand why eligibility comes into it, in that theoretically we're not picking the best side. We're having players, obviously, as I said last week, that you could have your, you know, if the four best wingers are from country, then you're not picking your four best wingers in city country, which to me defeats the purpose of having a trial in the first place. Yeah, I just think get rid of it. And every NRL team has to take a game to the country. Problem solved. Um, and we're not making a mockery of city country because that's ba- that's basically what it is. It turned out to be a decent game. It yeah. wasn't a bad game. It was but, all right. Um, but again, realistically, how many of those guys are going to play that's Origin? That's what I'm going to say. Aaron Gray scores four tries. He's not playing Origin. No way. Uh, Ryan Madison, like I said, it's still ridiculous. I thought Ryan Madison was a standout. Yeah, exactly. But it's still ridiculous he played after two games. Agree. And everyone yeah, said the same thing. But that's what I mean. Where is the relevancy? A couple of the best players are not going to play Origin. No. Tyron Peach was man of the match. He's not going to play Origin. No. Uh, you know, Cartwright yeah, well, we, probably we one of the only guys that has a legitimate case. And yeah, Well, Cartwright, Maloney, Cordner. And then a boy Cordner shouldn't have even been risked for that game. I know a few people said, oh, his coach probably wants to never run under the belt. I'm like, I'm pretty sure 
someone of Boyd Cordner's standard is fine, and Trent Robinson would rather him probably not play in that game. Um, but, you know, each to their own. You don't know. Yeah, you don't know. Yeah. All right, fast five, high, low, best, worst. Any questions, uh, your highlight of the rep weekend? Well, the, the rep weekend's over. I hate it. I genuinely hate it. It just takes all the gas out of the start of the NRL year. We just start to get some momentum up, um, and then you get you get that. So, yeah, uh, it was a fizzer for, for me. Puts a bit of a damp on things. Uh, my highlight out of the games, like I said, I, I didn't mind City Country. I thought it was okay, especially the way City played, but I probably went with Fiji and Papua New Guinea. Of all the games, I thought... That had plenty of feeling, um, a decent standard of football as compared to, say, I know a lot of people enjoyed the Tonga-Samoa game. I thought there was way too much stupidity, to be honest, and a lot of anger, and no one really settled down on that game. Yeah, I, I There's a point of passion, and then, like I said, there's a point of stupidity. I felt that one had way too many errors and just a lot of niggles and handbag at 10 paces. So A lot of crap. Um, yeah, highlight for me, Fiji Papua. Low uh, was that game that we talked about, Tonga-Samoa. At the start, I kind of... Was there, but it just it wore wore on me. Well, mine was uh, thirty. It, oh yeah, sorry, your highlight. Yeah, no, oh, no, no, your highlight low was again. It was an Australian New Zealand game. I thought it was an absolute yeah. fizzer. Like Boy. you were at a wedding, you didn't really see it. You, you would have watched the replay. I did watch the replay, but I didn't miss out on anything. watching it live. Um, Phil Gould nailed it in his assessment of the Australian side. Like if we think we're going to beat New Zealand with their best side on the field with that team, um, we're kidding ourselves. Obviously, Mel Meninga's come out and said, "Well, look, I'm picking the, I'm t- picking the team based on." that point in time, which I'm fine with. Um, so I'd expect them to see a different side at the end of the year. His argument was look, the, the team comes basically from that Queensland side and the top few sides in the competition, which is fine. But I, even... I don't really have a massive issue with the side that they picked. Obviously, I'll, I probably would have picked a different side, but, yeah, but I'm happy to back Norman Inga. I'm, uh, I'm with Gould on the fact that why do we have to pick based on origin compared to internet like they're saying okay well, so they play no, there yeah I agree because there's no flow you haven't you don't you're basing it on last year's origin series but to me there is younger guys that uh, should be in that arena already that aren't and vice versa for origin more so for New South Wales than for Queensland but for the international game I think a lot of those guys need to go I said that last year I was putting my house on that Anzac test that we'd get hammered and we did Yeah. and I called for a clean out and we, we debuted a couple of blokes but not in the areas that we needed to no. we needed a bigger turnover I was calling for 8 or 9 debutants we picked 4 and a couple of them were a pair of wingers in the centre Yeah. so that's not really helping our cause um, yeah my low lot like I said was more that game just because it never got any uh, kind of flow or settle 30 errors a lot of stupidity it kind of ruined it for me there was one highlight uh, I'll get to out of one of my best players but yeah that game kind of let me I down I think we might bit. have the same one uh, and the Blair chicken wing it's just rubbish. Mainly because it was on his own teammate. He's got that crap in his game, but the fact you do it your own teammate. Yeah, I still like, don't excuse it. It's um, regardless of whether it was on the yeah, hundred percent. But it's but even lower that you. It was. You're going to go back going to, a new to training this week, and you've just you got to look him in the eye. Almost pop the bloke's shoulder out. Like it's just stupid. There, yeah. There's a difference between getting stuck in your mate as we do in football and something like that. That's yeah, agreed. It was just pure grubbery. But what about your best? Uh, PNG. I thought their performance to beat Fiji was very good. I thought that was open, it was physical, uh, and the player out of that was Safidi. I thought he was outstanding. Massive game. My best, I highlighted a couple from each game. From City Country, I went with the Penrith boys. I thought Cartwright basically ran his own race. He was outstanding. And Tyron Peachy is just an absolutely outstanding footballer as well. Uh, and then the other one was Farmanu Brown. I was a big rap on him the year they struggled. Did his ACL, missed all of last year. Uh, I haven't seen Newtown, which is Cronulla's feeder play this year, but heard good things about his comeback and how he looked physically, and I watched him on the weekend. He was the one highlight I took out of Tonga and Samoa. 
Yeah. And again, bring in a Melbourne opinion. I said this to you sitting in the lounge room. Say all the pieces fall and they reckon we keep Cronk and then we don't have enough money to keep Blake Green. That's the kind of bloke I'd be scouting out and I'd be very happy for him to come to my club. So. Hard to argue. Yeah, I thought he was uh, he was very good. And Safidi was the one out of that other game. There, there are three or four that yeah, stood he was out. Massive. Worst uh, country, I thought, for all the experience and all the talk, I thought they didn't rise to the occasion, especially their forwards. Their forwards were awful for the most part. Yeah, um, they stuck in for fifteen minutes, and I think again we've talked about teams needing to change. I think you saw the evolution of where the NRL is going now with the faster play, the balls, um, the shot clock, speeding things up. They wanted to play bash and barge, block, block, bullcrap with Jack Bird, who's not a seven. Went at it for 15 minutes, got no result, and as soon as that intercept happened and City got rolling, they played fast, ad-lib, pushed up on offloads, blokes floating around the football, just playing what was in front of them. They put 30 unanswered points on them for a side that realistically on paper should have no chance. Yeah. So I think, again, points to what we were saying about teams like the Dogs, Souths, all these ones that aren't going to make these changes... And it points more back to what we've said a million times before, which kills me as you go up the ranks. They're good footballers. They, that's what they are. They are footballers. Yeah, they I, are, I looked the country and just saw how ridiculous is it that you didn't pick two halves. 100%, but they're not robots. So you, you watch them do that and people are going, oh, wow, look what they're doing. That's what they did all the way through the juniors. Yeah. It's just they get overcoached and, you know, just turned into automatic machines the higher and higher you get. Yeah. I'm not surprised at all. But that's what we should be seeing more often yeah. on a football field. So I actually quite enjoy watching City throw the footy. Well, how City played, yeah, that's yeah. for sure. But, uh, yeah, I thought country ordinary and... Australia, I'm with you. I think massive changes, and I've got a little something here for our questions afterwards. But yeah. yeah, what about you? Uh, my worst was the the whole concept. I think it makes a mockery of international footy in particular. The city country game, obviously, we've covered, but just to take it to a new level, like the Samoan players weren't paid for that game. Yeah. They didn't receive any payment for that game. Um, the Tongan players got paid five hundred dollars, and that was only because they were able to source a, uh, a team sponsor. So. It, you know, to, to ask NRL clubs to release players when they're not getting paid, so payment isn't, you know, the reason why they're going to do it. Yeah, um, but it's also like I said, they pay them their their correct. wage. So basically, any their injury, employer. they're picking up the tab for it. So. Yeah, they're their employer, which is my gripe with the whole international thing. And I don't think when people say all oh, that money we've got, we should fit the bill for that because it's not going to make us money. We need to be. No, in I don't a, think the game strong position. The, the NRL shouldn't be paying for international. No, nah, that's what I'm getting at. People are talking like, "Oh, this money, this big fund is going to cover it." Well, where's the profit? We're not turning a profit out of any of what we saw on the weekend. No. There's no sponsorship deal with saying ANZ, who's covering the gate, and things are all sorted. Like you know, they're going to stadiums, they have to pay for catering, pay for food, players like you set up for free. If you had a, a, in a perfect world. Most of those games, like I said, to me, if I'm an NRL club, I'm, I'm not helping out, unfortunately. No. As much as it pains me to say, I'm worried about the NRL. I'm not worried about international football. Yeah, because you can't lose money from a club in a black hole Definitely. for a bunch of games. My, just end, for game, my end game is winning the grand final. And yeah. if that means that um, I'm going to give my players and risk them to be injured in a, really a nothing game, mm. then you can forget it. Mm. It's not on the NRL, like you said. It's, on it's the, the same as City Country, because really, apart from four or five players, that was a nothing game. And yeah. they all argue, oh, we want to see how he goes in a rep arena. Like, I mean, leave me alone. Half mate. those blokes shouldn't have rep jerseys, leave though. Only if they're playing in the NRL. Yeah, it's good enough. You play against guns every week. Exactly. Uh, questions, what do you got? Um, how do we best plan and schedule international footy? End of the year? End of the year. I think we both I, agree I, on I that. don't want to see it in the middle but of the year. But how do we then play at the end of the year? Who, who plays who at the end of the year? Oh, I, I don't like the four nations because the fourth nation that gets chucked in with us three always ends up just being a beaten pole. They might have one game where they throw up a bit of a challenge and then get rolled late in the piece, but us, New Zealand and England, 
we're clearly on another level. Yeah. Um, and then I think the Pacific Nations could probably have like a four nation series. You could have Papua, Samoa, Tonga, Fiji. And then you've obviously got France and those I few think, others over there, um, Wales, that kind of play each other. Like, yeah, I had a bit of a think about it. I think a tri-series would work. If you had a tri-series, Australia, New Zealand, England. Well, we used to. And um, when I was a then, kid, it was but, Great but Britain. And then one that it. ran concurrently against it, if it's in the Northern Hemisphere, you'd have, uh, like, your Scotland, France, uh, we could have Ireland, Wales, whoever the, the top three are in the Northern Hemisphere, play off below that runs concurrently on the same day so you get two days whenever you, uh, two games whenever you go and then again if it's down in the southern hemisphere here in Australia or New Zealand you have the Pacific Nations that jump in so once every two years you're going to have the Pacific Nations in a decent tournament against each other that's on the international stage and then I think we've got to look at a qualification process in order for teams to jump in uh, potentially to a four nations I I'm not sure what that looks like but at the moment, we've got to make sure that these nations have their best players playing. That's the issue. Yeah, that's half the other thing. I don't like the the eligibility rules for New South Wales to me, black and white. If you're not Australian or you weren't born I just here, think blah, it's blah, ridiculous. Blah. Like, I know what you say. Red Rara can play international, yeah. but he can't play origin. But for the international setup as well, I don't like the fact that they're saying in a World Cup cycle, if you nominate for Australia and you've got slim chances. I don't understand it. Now you can't go back. I don't but understand it. The other year, and I said this to Vaughan the other day. How good was it when him and Tedesco and Guerra and the Minicello brothers and all these guys played for Italy, and they almost got out of that pool? Yeah. I said, so I don't get. If you're not playing, what's what's the hindrance for you helping out those countries for that occasion? You need to help those countries out for that occasion. Yeah. Same as Milford, like you said, going off and playing um, just to say because he played for Queensland even and not Australia. You, no, you, you can't play now. You're going to take out a heap of guys. They're going to hurt that event again. Yeah. So on the World Cup scale, I'm fine with it. And, yeah, that, that only rolls around once every four years. But, yeah, the eligibility rules. Yeah. Any other questions? No, mate. Uh, mine's the Australian team. To you, is there any other glaring changes that you, after looking on well, Friday? I think that's going to be Paul Gallen's last test. I thought he I was... I think he's going, to be, he's going to be his last Origin Series, his last test. I've, um, I've basically written a team down Smith, here. Like, I'm looking at Smith. Um, obviously, people are saying he's slow. Like, But I, he's still the smartest man out on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, and... If that game picked up, I've got no no doubt that he he would pick up. He would go with well, it. He's got the brains uh, to lift I think the Cronk, temper. Cronk's probably the glaring one at the moment. Like if his form continues to slide, as I think it has over the last eighteen months, I think Milford and Morgan are the obvious glaring standouts well, to take his spot. As, as, and then whoever doesn't take his spot, I think takes a bench spot. As crazy as it sounds, like I said though, for Origin that's fine because we're not competing uh, on a national scale. But on a national scale, I think we've got young guys that are ready to go that need to be playing over. Even Thurston, all those guys. People are going, they've got mortgage on these jersey. I don't think they do. Not when it comes to us getting a result. I think Thurston does until next year's World Cup. So I'm, I'm kind of looking, and I come up with one quickly. I got like a pool. Well, who are the four? Who are the untouchables for next year's World Cup? Is a question really we should ask. I think at the moment, well, Thurston who... Smith. No, well, I think Cronk for me wouldn't be playing. And even, who are the untouchables? Even on the, the even on definitely the, be there. Even on the Thurston side of things, I'm not knocking what he's done this year because his team's obviously improved around him. But a lot of those guys, to me, it's time to make a change, like drastic changes. So, you know, I think even Smith... Who comes in for Thurston then? Mate, I'd just put the Brisbane halves in. I'd have Hunt no, Milford. No I'd get rid of And then Thurston on the flip side, you've put got Hunt in. Morgan. Uh, but it's got to happen and at some especially point. when Hunt's not playing Origin. Uh, Origin needs to lead to international. Yeah, but this, is my, this is, again, kind of my argument when you're talking about what you're saying about city country. You could be... For me, Jake Friend is better than Robbie Farrow, but he's obviously not going to play in an Origin game by Cameron Smith there. But he's no. also not going to get a utility role. But if you told me tomorrow, 
everyone over 30, which would be most of the Australian side. If I was picking a side tomorrow and no one can be age 30 plus, uh, Jake Friend's my nine. And I've got Tedesco as the fullback. A couple of guys that played the other night are in, but I'm looking at. I don't think many people would argue with you. Basically, Bobby Farrow definitely wouldn't. I've written down here what you'd have, what I'd have if no one could be over thirty, which basically takes out everyone from the other night, bar a handful of players. Yeah, and And you pick pick a side just as good. Yeah, and I've ended up with Tedesco, Ferguson, and Oates on the wings, but you could have picked a few there. I look, I'm not picking Radrara because, like I said, I have a problem with that straight away. Yeah, but you've got James Roberts, Mansour. The Morrises, I suppose, are still in the running. Jennings, there's a few guys you could put in there. But Ferguson and Oates on the wings. I've got Dugan and Chambers in the centres because I'm happy with those big bodies, uh, especially Dugan. He can defend there. Milford and Hunt, if you want continuity, which is mainly why I don't have Morgan starting, Not just because they play yeah. together with a uh, club pair. If you're going to start two of them, I don't have Milford and Morgan. They can play a side each. Well, I Milford and Morgan. No doubt about it. Yeah, but you can. that's what I'm saying. I, I agree with you. You can play a side each. They're clearly the best two. Maguire and Tarmow would be my front row. Friends, the nine. The back rows, Gillette, Cordner. Lock, I looked at. We don't really have a lot of genuine locks. You could play a heap of players there. You could play Papali. You could play Merrin. Um, you know, even Ethan Lowe, Wade Graham, Cartwright. There's a lot of these guys. But I've gone with Aiden Guerra because Aiden Guerra can kind of float around the yeah. field, ball play, do a lot of that stuff. just five that you could, could slot in there. Yeah. And then on the bench, same deal. You could go multiple ways with this. But I think we need aggressive... Uh, versatile and mobile like points of difference which New Zealand have so I've got Michael Morgan Andrew Fafita we've talked about a hundred times I think best form with no issues he has to be there as far as the front row his biggest problem is his stupidity exactly but if this is all things being said and done and going well Cartwright to me is pushing that arena because he's only a baby and the way he can already dominate a game it's only going to get better and then just from the physicality point of view I had Napa and then on the fringe of that, like I've got written here, Papali, Ethan Lowe, Wade Graham, Trent Merrin, James Roberts. I've got to be honest, Josh Papali doesn't do a lot for me. It does for me, but not in a big way. But, and then the other one I've got, again, if you're talking about hookers tomorrow, the other guy for me that gets absolutely no credit is Andrew McCullough. Yeah. Um, if you were taking a squad at the end of the year and you said to me, all those guys over 30 are done, so Parker, Smith, Thurston, all, everyone's done basically. About 10 of those players are gone. That whole Queensland group's gone. Um, I would be pretty happy with that side. And there's a few guys, like I said, that I've left out here that are floating around. But if that big group, you could interchange a few positions there. But I think we've got a good enough side. You got any other questions? No, mate. Oh, all right. Well, look at this game. Australia, New Zealand, 16-0. Overall, I'd say it was overly structured and it was slow. Um, and I thought that the Kiwis, from what I saw the day after, definitely had the roll on still, even though they were missing... The multitude of players, but they're missing three of the four out of their spine. Yeah. On um, the Australian side of things. For yeah. me, I thought they dominated the middle of the park. They yeah. couldn't score. Australia fluffed around, was very scrappy, threw a lot of passes over the sideline. Execution yeah. wasn't that great. They should have won by at least 30. They didn't. Um, it was clunky. Once it got to sort of half an hour to go and everyone knew the game was over and the Kiwis weren't winning because they didn't have any points in them, uh, the game just fizzed out. Yeah, basically. And like it was said, crap. Sheck, Foran, Isaac Luke, Maria Hargroves, Ben Madalino, Simon Mannering, you could put a Dean Farray, Kenny Dow if you wanted to, Bodan Thompson. There's eight or nine exactly. guys that are almost walk up. We just stars. played their second side, basically. Yeah, we played a lot of scraps. and, and it, With poor old Sean Johnson trying to lead them around. But you know the best thing, again, and I said this the other year when they did that, when they put Harris and all those guys in, at least they're blooding players. That's right. Their pool's getting deeper. Yeah. Ours is not because we are stubborn. Yeah. And we should have woke up when we got pummeled. Three, last year, the last couple we, of we times. said that we said it last year on the podcast because it was twelve months between that game and the, our next game. We I said that'll, be, that'll be. I said that'd be. Uh, that's going to be quickly forgotten, and it was. 
I said it. We'll put put the mortgage on it. They'll towel us up, and they did. They dominated us. Yeah. Well, it didn't surprise either of us. No, I'm not surprised at all. But I'm kind of with you. I'm not going to read a whole lot into this from New Zealand because they're missing eight or nine walk-ups for me, and there's just growing every day. Yalola here's who's back this week. All these kind of guys, they're getting better and better. So as far as I'm concerned, their pool's only deepening. They're looking good for the World Cup, if healthy. Uh, on our part, blooding needed to happen. Uh, a couple happened, but not in positions that I thought we needed them to. So no. I still think, as much as they say they're entitled to these jerseys, to me the Australian setup's different. Origin, fair enough, Queensland's probably going to persist. They've won nine in the last ten, why wouldn't they? International, I think we needed someone with some balls to come in and basically say, he's the best young hooker, this is our halves pairing, this guy's a better back row, like going forward for probably the next five to seven years. We've just spoken about it for, so, for ages. We've spoken, but yeah. it's not going to happen. No. So uh, Junior Kangaroos, Junior Kiwis, I don't know if you saw that one. I don't want to touch on that one in great depth either, but probably a few standouts for me that come out of it. Uh, Jaden Sewer, the back row from Brisbane. I think technically he was born in New Zealand as a two-year-old, but he's been here his whole life, so... Um, he played for the junior Kiwis. I thought he was a standout. The halves, Croker and Cleary. If you haven't watched either of them, there's no surprises really there. And I like what I saw from a bloke you know a little bit about, Tyrell Fuimana. He's moved yeah, into the centres. Yeah, he was at Penrith. Um, I coached him there in the under-16. I think he was under-15s, actually. Yeah. Um, he then moved to Parramatta and he's uh, tidy. He was originally a back rower. Mm. Um, I think, yeah, now obviously playing in the centres. So yeah, I thought he played well. He'll come along well. He's a good build of a kid. Yeah, New Zealand, Nathaniel Roach was back. The young bloke who's played for the Warriors, he was good off the bench. Young Talakai, a guy I haven't seen, but I heard about from the Rabbitohs. He's a powerhouse. Yeah, He's another one of player. these stocky centres. And I've said a couple of weeks ago, Arti Ngato is the best half. Well, he's been killing it. Not only in the 20s, but I've watched him in Cup. He's, better, he's probably one of the best in Cup. And he's killing men. So. Yeah. I watched him again the other night with, I'm not saying not a lot of help, but they weren't as strong as the Aussie side. No, and they weren't, clear, up to, uh, they weren't up to his level. No, he's a clear standout. Yeah. So out of that game, they're the few that I'd, I'd look at. But yeah, the Australians never really threatened 34-20. Papua New Guinea, Fiji. Nah, this was a decent game, like I said. There was definitely some growth in PNG getting that result, and you've seen the results of the Queensland Cup setup they've got. So Fiji, hopefully, get that same berth in New well, South they're, Wales they're Cup. they're going for it. They're yeah. going for it. Uh, but the big thing I took out of this is probably what we've said a few times about David Mead playing for the Titans and his try-saving ability. And the other night, he probably is the reason they won because he saved four or five he tries. He was outstanding, and he's been outstanding in the fullback role forever. Um, so it's probably an, an argument for the the Titans more than PNG. Obviously, he's a clear standout to get selected for PNG at fullback. But yeah. for me, he's, he should be the fullback for the Titans. 100%. Head Cat- and shoulders. Cato Audio was good. The Raiders player pushing for a spot there. He's leading try-scoring cup. Uh, the seven, Watson Boas. I thought he was good. Got it. And that winger, I can't remember his name. It was the two. Corobetti, look a lot. It was basically PNG's version of Corobetti. He was nuts, that blood. Yeah. Uh, Fiji, no surprise. They had the bigger pack. Kane Evans, Safiri, like you said, absolutely had a field day. A lot of their bigger boys just rolled, but... Uh, their biggest thing is the opposite side. Why Mead saved four or five? They bombed three or four. Yeah, they did. Particularly on that left edge with the winger. I think he was actually a Fijian player that was brought over. From the islands. Yeah, Etuato. I can't pronounce his last name. It was about 30 letters. I, yeah. I apologise, but uh, he had a few there that you know came off the hands. A couple were poor passes, but he honestly could have had five or six. Mm. So that was the difference in the end. But good on Papua New Guinea. It was massive, and you saw what it meant to him when they uh, celebrated the end of the game. So. Yeah, good on him. Yeah, but the big thing, David Mead, I'm with you. We've said it a hundred times. Neil Henry, sorted out. Namor Zilman at fullback. Correct. Uh, Tonga Samoa, again, started off, I enjoyed the passion and the hoo-ha, but to me, it just remained too angry. 
too stupid for the most part of the game. Neither of these teams really settled down, and I thought really the big difference was the calming influence of that one player we mentioned, Farmanu Brown. Yeah, I, I didn't think there was a whole lot of control from a lot of players out there, but he's one to me that seemed to control most of the game. And uh, he kicked well, he played well, summed things up nicely, but. We both tipped Samoa. I think Gossett tipped Samoa as well. We thought they had a little bit more there. Um, they got the result on the night, but 30 errors in this game, a lot of handbags at 10 paces. I, errors, penalties. I didn't really enjoy late it. Late hits. It was crap. I didn't yeah. really like it either. A lot of people are going, oh, how great was it? Oh, I like I, I like passion and a bit of confrontation, but there was... As a spectacle, as a rugby league game. I never really got into the groove of the game because no. we were constantly stopping for scrums and, and fights and penalties. At, yeah was kind of lost on me. Good on Sikamanu and Frank Pritchard for coming back. Yeah, outstanding. Really good efforts by them. Uh, I thought, you know, for Tonga, Masesi Pengai, Fussy Tour at fullback looked good again. Off of Hengiawi and Samoa, like I said, Farmanu Brown, Junior Paulo, Suase Su. There was a couple of players that stood out, but, uh, yeah, wasn't the biggest fan of that game. City Country, 44-30. Yeah, but it was a good game. I thought it was a I good game, but again, just relevance. I said I wasn't going to watch it. Relevance. Dad sort of, uh, like... Yeah. Armbarred me into watching it. I was always going to watch it. I said I was looking forward to it, but just relevance kills Mind me. Mind you, there was nothing else on, so yeah. we sat down and watched it, and it, yeah, it turned out to be a good game. At 15 minutes, it was all country. That intercept just flipped things, and like I said, you've seen basically what I'd be, you'd like to see. Guys actually playing some football, not this block, block, bull crap. Well, that was a contrast between just open, free-flowing footy and what obviously Brad Fittler, we know what his coaching style is. Yeah. Go out and play, boys. Just let it loose. So. Uh, and Fitzgibbon had obviously just... You know, probably probably left it up to his halves, and monster, the halves really only know pack. one way to play. Yeah, monster pack structure. He, block, he wanted block. to play block, block, bash, bash. Let's put pressure on, try and build. Yeah. And City's kids just went, let's just let loose. Yeah. They ran wild on him. Cartwright was amazing. I thought Townsend, again, didn't get the credit he deserved. He was brilliant. Caesar was, was safe without being too outstanding. And yeah, good. Caesar was steady. Townsend was clearly a better yeah. half. Both the Penner front rows impressed me too. Last oh, Campbell, Campbell Gillard for me... Um, if he doesn't get picked this year, he's a definite starter for next year. He's getting very close. Uh, country, like I said, Maloney. Like for me, I'd rather Campbell Gillard than Woods mm. at this point in time, right now. Like you know, I, res- I respect Aaron Woods, but I, I definitely don't see what all the fuss is about yet. I want to see him really dominate an Origin game. He had a good period in that game in Melbourne last year where he scored a try and was pretty dominant. But for a, you know a long period of he's time, more, he's more numbers. That's the thing what we said before. It's it's all good to not go. impact and yeah, in Origin carries an impact. This many metres, and he's made his tackles, but I don't see him dominate rucks or put shots on or break tackles and get quick playables. He works hard and he plays big minutes. Good on him, but there's a hundred of those guys you can find. You, yeah. want, an, you want an impact, and you Paul want made a career on it. Yeah, basically. He, he does, but he does it to a more efficient level because he does offload and do other things. Yeah, so, yeah I'm, I'm with you there. But uh, on the country side of things, I don't think Maloney did his case any harm. It wasn't his fault that things flipped. His no, forward I think pack. He was clearly the best half on the field. Yeah, his forward pack got taken apart once things flipped. That's nothing he can control. But Boyd Cordner, I don't know why he played. He'd be in the Australian side for me if he was healthy for this year. Yeah. Um, Ewan Aiken, good game. And I thought DeBellin had a pretty good game as well. But uh, yeah, it was mostly City. City, you could have picked out eight or nine blokes were outstanding. Even Gufferson, I thought, made a good case of himself. As a fullback, as he did the week before when Gordon got hurt for Parramatta. So, yeah. Um, yeah, no surprises there. But we'll do your questions now that we've done the reviews of that rep round. Oh, questions, questions, questions. We've got a fair Mate, few. you don't seem really enthusiastic today. Mate, we've got a few, as Jesus. usual. The Four Nations. Let's be happy. The rep round's over. The Four Nations. Is it an open race? Adam Stevenson. No, well, it's a race between Australia and New Zealand. I'm 100% with you. I don't think, from what I've seen from England more recently, and especially the bigger side struggling with the better players... 
Uh, it's not looking too good. And I think England, if they can get their best side on the field, they can compete. I just never think they've got us in the halves. I'll say all the I time. never ever think they've got their best side on the field. Though. Hodgson's so, a good piece. Their comp the goes for bloody thirty-two weeks or something. Yeah, it's not. Too Plus, it. they're playing cups. It's and not to our standard. It's not to our standard. Uh, Sam Taylor, how can City Country become valid again? Well, I think more what you said earlier. If well, the best genuine, players have to play. A genuine New South Wales trial where it's not his city, his country. We've got four wingers that should all be playing, but we can only pick two of them, vice versa, in certain positions. Same as country with, uh, city with all the fullbacks that would have been available. I'll tell you what, why couldn't Laurie Daly, right, select, for argument's sake, 36 players, put them in a pool, and then they could have a city, city versus country sponsored teams, right? He picks the 34 players he wants to see off. Yeah, 34, uh, 36 players he wants to see, right? And then they do a TV draft, like they do in the Pro Bowl. Mate, everything sounds better than what we've got at the moment. That's what basically we have. Have a, have a draft on telly. Maybe they could do it on the footy show. They could do it. Foxtel could run an one-hour special, um, get the two coaches in, get them to draft. Marcus said you, mate. Oh, honestly, I'd take and then, it. And then at least we pick the 34 next best players that Daly wants to see. Yep. Um, and and then, you know, if you want to call it city country, that's fine. Or, you know, maybe maybe each year you rotate it around and they play for a city or a country club. I don't know. I, I, you know, I just, I think at the moment we sort of handcuff ourselves to having to, uh, you know, having to have it as city and country players. Like, just pick the best 34, 36, 18 in each squad. Uh, and then from there... Pick your origin side. Yeah. And you can still, uh, you know, you can still very much uh, do do some benefit and do some good in the country. You know, there's no reason why one, both sides can't go out to the country for the week. Yeah, do something. You know, and promote the game. They, they could each go to a country town uh, for, for two or three days and then spend two or three days in another country town. Then you've serviced four, four towns over that period and then go and play the game, you know, wherever, wherever they want well, to play. We've got women in league round, close the gap round, all these different rounds. Just Why be country round. country round and everyone has to take you down. That's Yeah, uh, I'm just looking at suggestions. Yeah. All right, questions on Facebook. Michael Payne, the 61 players unavailable for rep duty. When will international league pay international players the same as the State of Origin series? Well, they don't have the money to. No, nah, and it doesn't generate the money. This is what I don't get when everyone's wondering, oh, we should be paying this much. You can't just chuck money Where out you get the money from? into thin air if you don't have it, and you need to generate revenue to be able to keep this thing going. State of Origin is huge. It ranks top five, basically, all three games, or top ten for all programming for On the year. On TV, that's right. So that's why they have the dollars. They have the advertising money. The ads are worth a decent amount. Both teams have got good sponsorship. The series is huge, so they have the money to increase things, and the players get a bigger slot. Yeah. A game with 8,000 people where you have to hire a stadium, pay for catering, sell cheaper tickets just to get people through the gate, and you've also got to meet a demographic, like you said, and you get five or 6,000 in... Well, let's not kid ourselves. The majority of those tickets at the um, Pacific Test would have been given away at schools. Yeah. I know for a fact we gave away a stack at, at our school. So, yeah. um, obviously, through the NRL. The NRL come in and give them away, which is great because the kids go and the parents get to go along. Um, but it's not generating money. Yeah. Really. And he's know. got here, Michael, as well. I bet there would be a bit less unavailable if they were. Are we developing an international game or not? Well, we're not. We just stole Sammy Rarara from Fiji. So, again, to me, mm. uh, we're not developing the we're, pil- we're still pillaging uh, the, the international game. But I'm not... As, as a nation. I don't think it... Again, like we said, I don't think it's the NRL's responsibility. Why should they be... But I, I totally get Sammy Rarara's position. 
I do too. I'm, but the system should not allow for that to happen. No. Nah. But again, on the flip, when people are going, why don't they get paid the same? They don't, it's this is the argument. No offense again with gender you can't, because the standard isn't the yeah, same. It's like gender equality when they whinged about the cricket or these other things. If a men's game gets ten, fifteen thousand, twenty thousand through and sponsorship dollars and viewership, mm-hmm. that's where the money's come from. Yeah. They don't have the money to do the same for the female game if you don't have the audience or the advertising. Well, give me a sport where it, so. uh, male and female sort of compete. Probably tennis. Tennis, tennis is one. Tennis is one. That's obviously, where they should it's, be paid the same because there's there's as much interest yeah. in the women's as there in the, is the men's. And game. it's the same kind of deal here with the scale of the country again compared to a lesser game and who's interested, sponsorship yeah. dollars, players. It's all about the appeal. That's yeah. where the money's come from. Yeah. It's not the NRL's responsibility to be paying thirty or twenty five like an Origin game, which generates mint. Uh, to a Papua New Guinea Fiji game, which is clearly not going to generate. Well, the day that rugby league money. has a sellout at ANZ Stadium or Suncorp, uh, that's not a World Cup final between Australia and New Zealand. Yeah. Um, will be the day that international rugby league is, is a lot successful. Yeah. We're, we're not like rugby union in that sense. So. Yeah. Unfortunate, but yeah. Horse racing legends of turf. Rumor has it Des Haslow is on the nose at the Bulldogs. If come twenty seven and he's not at the helm, who's the best replacement to steer the team back on track? And should he be sacked? Oh, well, they've made the finals pretty much every year he's been there, hasn't it? haven't they? Yeah. Look, um, they probably they haven't won a grand final. I think even Des would have liked to have won a grand final. Uh, are they playing great footy? No. Have have they reinvented themselves? No. But I, I definitely think it'd have to be this time next year if they didn't make the eight this year uh, and then were struggling next year that he's under the pump. I, I got. I, they'd be mad to suck him this year. No, he's got credibility. And again, who do you replace him with? Is there an Ivan Cleary or someone else? Maybe you might be interested yeah. in But again... Well, that's, Des, I think that's a job that Ivan would take. Yeah, Des Hasler's got the pedigree, but I've taken shots a few times basically on the note you just said. I think at Manly, I'm not taking any credibility away, but he had a hell of a side that didn't need a lot of, of coaching. Um, I'm not saying he hasn't tried to coach since he's been to the Bulldogs, but you haven't seen much change over the couple of years. He's basically refused to invest in his halves. They haven't had a genuine half the whole time. They've had all these massive forwards and spent a mint of money on They're still trying to play that same shape where the fullback does everything. So mm-hmm. I'm not questioning his credibility. He's one of the better coaches, but you definitely would want to see some change if you're a Bulldogs fan, or yeah. I would. Um, but he's got enough pedigree to buy some time. And like you said, he's made two out of two out of three grand finals yeah. in the last couple of four years or something. So, um, yeah. Well, he was in the 2012-2014 grand finals. It wouldn't surprise me if, if he was on the nose in general of the way he interacts with people. He's not the most socially open person or probably easiest to approach, I'm guessing. Mm. But so if that comes to fruition, Tim Wrigley, not really rep games related, but something annoying. Players laying down to get a penalty. Refs can only penalise if the infringer is a reportable offence. So surely if the match review committee comes out and says the player has no case to answer, then the referee is responsible. Putting the player in a report should receive some kind of strike. Three strikes and drop the Reggies. Would stop revs giving penalties in times players should stop laying down. Yeah, I think, as I said, I hate players laying down, but I think it's a fine line in the fact that you don't. Know. You tell one player to get up, and he's got a you know McKinnon-like injury, and then you know you've, there's going to be massive, massive issues. So I think the the referees. I don't think it should be on the referees. It should be the players. The players know whether they're laying down or not. Yeah, they need to up their integrity. Because at the moment, there's no integrity in the game, and I hate that about it. Mm. The fact that you can get a little slap on the chin and stay down, um, and act, and lie. It's basically lying on the field. Like, And I've heard all the arguments, you know, oh, well, you know, if they're doing it, then we're doing it. No, just all stop it. Just stop do doing it. it. Don't, like, it's, for me, it's, 
One of the softest things you can do in a game of football. And for me, any time I ever got hit or whatever, I didn't want to stay down because I didn't want anyone to know that I was hurt. Now, it seems like everyone stays down and acts like they're hurt. It's embarrassing. The thing I don't get, oh, we should, why did we get rid of the shoulder charge? We're not tough anymore. I'm like, well, you get clipped and you fall over. So, talk about being tough. You can't cop a finger in your eye. You can't cop a finger or you get grazed, you look for a penalty, but you want a shoulder charge. Yeah, exactly. Ridiculous. Complete reverse, uh, you know, train of thought. Well, and any argument for the shoulder charge is a slap in, fa- in the face to the um, family of young Ackerman who died. Yeah, oh, there's blood. You know, that's ridiculous. Well. To, to think that we're ever going to let that back into our game after someone was killed is just an absolutely moronic and stupid argument. Yeah. Patrick Rout, is it too late for Peachy to switch position and focus on the centres? He looks great out there. He does look great out there. You don't need, I don't think you really need to give him a position. And again, when people talk about uh, origin and having someone on the bench, I don't know why you wouldn't consider somebody like that if you want to utilize I totally I, agree. I think highly enough of the bloke. And I said before at the start of the year, I honestly would have been happy to play him at six when I thought Wallace was done. I think he can play just about anywhere. Yeah. Well, I think his greatest strength is also his greatest weakness in the fact that he can't really nail down a position. You know, because... you know the thing for me, though, he's not just good at positions. He's outstanding. He's a, To me, he's an outstanding lock. He's an outstanding centre. He more than exceeds in multiple positions. I know that does hinder, but a lot of these utilities are just good at a particular spot. They don't excel. I think he goes above. Yeah, but I think he's just you know, the fact that he can't really be pigeonholed into one position. But you could put him in the fourteen. But yeah. this year, I'm putting Bryce Cartwright in the fourteen for New South Wales. Yeah. So if Peachy plays like he has for the next twelve months, Bryce Cartwright for me would then force himself into the side because I don't think next year we can pick Bird or Gallon. I think this will be the last hurrah for them. That means Cartwright to me goes into the starting side, and then that position opens up. And if Peachy's playing as well as he is now, I'd be more than happy to see him in the Origin side. Yeah. David Crowan, which players do you see making the Origin squad for the City Country game? Well, there's no... There's three. Boyd Cordner, James Maloney, and I think it's Cartwright's definitely put his case forward after that. And then outside of that, you could argue for Townsend, Mansour. There's a few, but we don't know what Laurie Daly's thinking. Yeah, and again, we spoke about the hard situation. I thought Townsend's season was steady. I thought Townsend was better, but again, they're talking about Hodkinson and Reynolds again. So if he goes with that and the old reliable forwards, you're not going to see Campbell Gillard or a new Haas pairing or, you know, a Mansour get a backline spot. And then he was talking about Morris getting a run after being injured basically since last year Stupidity. if he plays a game. So if we're just going to go back to the well, we're going to get beaten again. Yeah, we got beat 52-6. Uh, where do you think Tyrone Moe's best position is? Hearing lots of raps on the kid and he played well in the Junior Kangaroos. Well, he had not much of an effect in that game, but he had to play 13. There's a lot of guys, uh, you know, the two halves, the fullback, the nine that are all dominant at their club. So... He did make 40 tackles, though, and he didn't do anything wrong. Don't get me wrong. Mm, I think uh, I think he's a six. That's my thought. I think I like 13. Him a six. You could play him as a 13, but you'd need a coach that's going to let him ball play a that's little bit. That's where I'm getting at. On the weekend, um, he basically yeah, defended. If, if, you're not, if you're going to stick him as a 13 and play him in the middle of the field, no, he's a six. I like him as a six. I really do. Just let him play second fiddle, run when he likes to, get his hands on the football. He's got one of the best long passes I think I've seen as well. From uh, most halves I've watched, and he's got time. I've he's never seen a player with with as much time as um, Tyron. He just he always looks calm and composed. And what we've spoke about before, when we say that, honestly, I watched it that I know they they dusted up a Raiders side that wasn't the greatest. But I've seen it in a game last year. I think I messaged you when he threw like a four man cutout ball and everyone stopped for him. It was like watching Jason Smith. Mm. Jason Smith used to just dawdle around. And but last year during the preseason, we were looking at his numbers, like his GPS and what he was running, and we we're like, man, this guy's lazy. Like he's he's not running or doing anything, and we sort of got on his back a little bit before the season started. But and then you watch him go out on the field, like he'll be blowing absolute gas, like 
during a fitness session, mm. goes out on the field, he'll come in at half time, he won't blow a candle out. Yeah, but that was like just because he knows he knows how to get around a football field. Mm. Um, he's just very, very talented and he, and he can read the game well. Yeah, he's an outstanding footballer. Yeah. Jaden Eve Amarillo, why do we not have new rest for internationals? New Zealand played England in three tests last year with English ref, and now it happened in the Anzac test. Why? No, I don't, I don't think the referee matters, to be no, honest. I'm not big on the referee side no. of things either. I don't it's like origin. I don't really care who referees origin. No. I don't buy into biases or they're against them or he's against us. They do. It's a bit job. of an old school thing, isn't it? Yeah. The, to have a, a neutral ref in the fact that, you know, if you're. It's like the old. The old country town, what we still talk about it now at school footy, you know, if we're going to go and play at Tamworth or whatever, you know you're going to get the Tamworth ref, local ref and he's going to blow the pee out of the whistle. Yeah, I think you that, know, it still at, exists, at that level. But that's what I'm saying. At that level. Previously, previously, that's what the rugby league was like yeah. 30 or 40 years ago. And this is where this sort of tradition um, comes from. The yeah. game's outgrown it. Yeah, 100%. Nicholas yeah. Fernandez, what's the best part of coaching a very young team of league players under eight or even earlier? And what age would you recommend? Uh- Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A young boy What's involved. the best part of coaching a bunch of young kids? It's a shitload of fun. <laughs> that's all I was about to say. I don't think that's rocket science, mate. They're not... As long as you don't take it too seriously. Not being sarcastic, but I'll tell you what, I absolutely loved when we were doing Saturdays. I would go a little bit earlier because mini league obviously still goes when we were doing the 13s, 14s, 15s, etc. Just watching them run around just like a beat. It's great. It's nuts. They have a great time. All their parents, for the most part, are smiling under a good time. It's very simple. And even their training, I remember when I was like five or six, learning how to tackle, passing the football, playing, you know, bull rush, just all the real simple things. Yes. It's great. It's enjoyable at that level. Would yeah. I recommend a young bloke get involved in rugby league? Of course, hundred percent. I'd start at. We both started at six. Just you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna coach a side, I guess that's that's a good thing. I'd never want to coach my kid, but that's I'm a you know trying to be a professional coach. So yeah, um, you yeah, know, well, I, I'm just from my experience, I don't think it's good to have uh, parents coaching their kids. Yeah, I um, think the be- the best part there though is. But if you're coaching them at that level and they they're only young fellas, just let them play. Yeah, it's simple. And you may still have one have of those fun. Nazi parents that comes at you like you should be coaching NRL style, but generally for the most part there it's about learning and just having a good time. So yeah. that's the best part. Jordan Palmer, would you guys like to see women's NRL league and have them play before the men's first grade? Because my opinion the women's game was a lot more entertaining than the men's on Friday night. Great point. Good game. Where are you getting the plays from though, as far as the numbers? Tell you what, tell you what, there's a shitload out here in Western Sydney. I bet there's a couple there is, there is to an the level crap load. that we have four hundred in, you know, say for all sixteen clubs. No, but I don't think I don't think you have to do that. You could just play, you know, uh, you could have a Western Sydney side, you could have a Sydney Basin side. You could have a Canberra team. You could have a you know a, a Brisbane or Southern Queensland team and a Northern Queensland. You don't need six teams. Just pull them out of those regional areas yeah. or whatever. Well, that's the only question. That'd be, I'd that'd want be awesome. So that's the only question I'd want to answer. That's all. That's and all. mate, the uh, the twenty twenty has become a uh, a massive hit on TV. Yeah, 
Yeah, well, I've enjoyed that. I must admit. Um, but then again, also, where you know, training and work, the yeah. work-life balance, and all that. Yeah, money, Correct. sponsorship, etc., etc. Travel, but expense. we've now got enough money. The game's got enough money that we could sort of tip a little bit into women's rugby league. I, I cannot believe how much the women's game has grown in the last ten years. Mm. Ten years ago, it was dead. Yeah, absolutely dead. Now there's we've got a we've got a girls' rugby league program at the school on that. Um, in Mount Druitt and the junior league competitions out here uh, in the 16s and 18s have got as many teams as what the, the men you know the boys yeah. comps have got in the, in the junior league so it's and it's a growing growing sport and that's a good question good suggestion yeah yeah, and you're you're spot on. You can't have sixteen teams. No, the, the other one would be to cover all games every week. You obviously couldn't long. have the New Zealand team because no. they've just beaten the Australian but team. Then, but you've, you've got, got to just split them into North Island, South Island. I don't know, but it's the same thing. Yeah, they Brisbane teams. Thing, if you've got a Brisbane team, then someone's going to be paying North and for South. travel, etc., work, life, Canberra, balance. Melbourne. There's a lot of things you need to take into consideration. But yeah. I have no problem with growing the women's game. 100. Uh, Adam Stevenson would Chad Townsend look? Would Chad Townsend look at a place in the Blues jersey? Why doesn't Wade Graham get the same raps as Cartwright? Well, we we rap Graham. We rap Graham because Graham's tough and has all the same skills. Probably not as flashy, but I think he does all those little one percenters much better than Cartwright does. Which yeah. is why we thought last year and probably the year before he's Origin and internationally ready. I'd pick both of them. He's for tough Origin. as nails. Um, and he has the same kind of background. He was the big kid that played at six all throughout juniors. He dominated all of us. He could kick. He could pass, he could flatten out, he can do everything. And he shows it at times. You can run on the... I love inside 20, you can run on that edge instead of putting a poor kick in and let him sum up a situation, give him an opportunity. And nine times out of ten, if he doesn't throw a pass or run or go close, he can get a repeat set off his boot. Yeah. Uh, That's why I like Cartwright much like him, but I think he's a more steady version uh, at this point in time. Denny Bensley, is Croker good enough for origin? If not, who are the form centres? To me, he's not. His defence is terrible. Uh, he can score points. He's pretty good with his carry, but defensively... Oh, he did some sucking on the weekend in that game. Oh, that's His defence is terrible, though, and he's been playing great for seven or eight years now, and I think he's a fantastic player. But some weeks I watch him, and he jams in, and he makes some really good decisions. But for someone who's been in grade for as long as he has now, I don't see it on a consistent enough basis. There's other weeks he makes you know, under 16, 18 type errors. Sliding off a man, and then, he'll, like you said, he'll point or blame someone else. That's the other thing that gets me. Yeah. If you make a mistake, you own it defensively in particular. That's that's a really touchy subject for a lot of players when someone gets a clean hole or a break that you look silly. If it's your mistake, you cop it on the chin. Yeah. I could pick um inform centers. Well I could I could put ahead of him uh Jack Bird. Hey, Bird I'd have Bird Ferguson I'd have Dugan, even though Dugan James doesn't Roberts. even play there, James Roberts. I'd even pick Josh Morrison. I'm not his biggest fan in front of him. No, I wouldn't I'd pick Kroger before I picked Josh mm-hmm. Morrison. And, uh, probably actually I wouldn't. You're no. right defensively he does a hundred times better job and I think he's not that great in attack but again I think he's on par if not better well Jennings in attack yeah Jennings there's a heap so and I think Dugan's going to get picked at centre because I, I don't see how they can leave Lock and Coot out of the team well we need a ball playing fullback especially if we're going to pick the rubbish halves that have been flooded so. yeah um, yeah, I think he's a great player, I think it's, mate. it's got to be Dugan and Jennings. If he fixed his defence, I think he'd be right up there. I gave him raps for a couple of years, and I thought he was getting a little bit better. But, but I think his form's really flattened out. Like, I don't think yeah. he's... His form over the last four years has sort of been the same. Well, you want to fight it again the other way. New South Wales, BJ Lua is technically a City player and us. His own teammates probably playing a hundred times better than yeah. he is. That other edge is actually tearing them apart. Yeah. 
So that's another one who I haven't even thought about. Agreed. Uh, Michael Thompson, what ref and video ref would you like to see for State of Origin? I don't care. Yeah, I'm not really fast to be honest. Well, video ref, it'll be the bunker. The bunker's only got two different people running anyway, isn't it? Luke Patton. Well, I'd like to see everyone, everyone that's employed to be in the bunker well, should be in there for State of Origin. Yeah. Tony Archer and the two main controls are Luke Patton and who's the main ref? I always forget. Ah, uh, Sutton. So I think they should all be in there on Origin Night. Yep. Referee-wise, I always forget their names because, to be honest, I don't really like talking about them too much. Who was the bloke who handled the Bulldog situation last year? Do you remember? What Bulldog situation are you talking when about? When David Clemmer and James Graham come at him and he sent him off and they had him on the footy show and he was really well composed. Um, Sutton. Is that Sutton? Yeah, Jared Sutton, is it? Uh, I don't remember. Like I said, I don't pay a lot of attention to the referees, to be honest. The only He's ones, our main ref. The only ones that usually... He's, he, oh, James Graham. Yeah, it's Jared Sutton. Yeah, well, if that was... He's our best was, ref. He's got to be the ref. That's the one I'm with. Oh, 100%. I'm and with him as well. Probably the other ones... I've, tell you one I've admired this year. I had him as a PE teacher. Alan Shortle. I think he's been pretty good yeah. this year. He seems to keep he's, the penalties... He's laid back and he's... He keeps the penalties to a minimum and he lets it flow. And yeah. That's the one thing I'm actually disappointed with Henry Perrinara, who had a big rap on when he started. I think he's got the opposite one. Yeah, he has. He now he loves blowing his whistle. The whole symbol that he does for try times, a bit TV friendly. I think he's bought into his own hype a little bit, old Henry. Oh, cop that. He's reading his own press. <laughs> yeah. oh, I loved it at the start because he talked to him really well, but he looks like... And we, obviously, we want Ricky McFarlane on the line. Ricky. Get him on there. He got the Falcon the other week and, yeah. and he had a laugh about Any it. Any man that can laugh after he just got sconned on live TV. And now it's going to be re- re- replayed. And he's a Penrith boy, so get him in there. Get in there, Ricky. Makes good decisions too. 100%. Dave Crowland again. James Tarmow looking likely to sign with Penrith. Is he worth the money they are saying? 750 is what I was hearing. That's massive, massive bickies. Well, I think he probably is worth the You're money. worth what someone's willing to pay, and I don't think the Cowboys can pay him that, but to get him away... I think the Panthers need a prop. Yeah, but to get him away from the Cowboys, would I want to pay him 750 No, but to get him to leave there, I think someone's going but to have Penrith, to pay Penrith are probably in, their, in the best position cap-wise. I think they've managed their cap And they don't have the best. too bad a situation anymore no, as far don't. as juniors are rebuilt. And but then again, we're food. looking now, you've got Latu and Campbell Gillard, if they wanted a win-now mentality, the rumours we heard the other day about Greg Bird, him, James Tarmow, in with, say, Merrin, and then you have Cartwright, Campbell, Gillard, Latu, Peachy, these younger blokes, and a solid back line, I think the big issue for me is still halves are. Yeah. Like, Martin's good, but Martin's not winning your comp. Soward's not winning your comp. Wallace isn't winning your comp. They still need another half. That's fair. Um, I'd be happy with, like I said, May to me to go in and play, but out of him and Martin, I don't think there's a genuine seven. They're both sixes. Mm. So that's another issue. Wayne Stoneman, what is your opinion of Pierce not wanting to play State of Origin? I think he should, uh, he should be the best one to make the call. He knows how he is feeling better than anyone else. What's your thoughts on that? I tend to agree. What about you? I don't understand how you could force... I know they're not supposed to say they're not eligible, but could he have handled it better? Yes, he probably could have rang Laurie Daly knowing the stipulations of an NRL contract and said, uh, look, I'm not in the, the state of mind. I need to focus on club football the rehab situation, I don't want to go into camp if it is dry, etc, etc, etc please don't consider me. I think that's probably what he should have done, but he didn't um, on, would I pick him? I wouldn't force it on him, especially if he's come out and said what he said, but we'll talk about this before the, the contract situation, I don't like the fact that they, I know it's bind, legally binding blah blah blah, you have to make yourself eligible, but if he doesn't want to play, he shouldn't have to, Jamie Lyon didn't he never got no, made to sit out. He basically ruled himself out. Look, I, it's as easy as you said. Pierce Ring says to Laurie Daly, I'm not in the right headspace. So, Theoretically, yeah. I also think there should be a price to pay for what Pierce yeah. did. 
Um, he is a, we've and I said don't that. think I don't think stuff. theoretically based on what he did if he's going to act like a moron like similar to what the you look at what the Queensland players have done compared to Pierce mm. Pierce is on a much no. larger scale yeah. I, I would think so they're missing an Origin series I don't understand why Pierce hasn't obviously Pierce missed eight NRL games so that's his punishment uh, he is our best half. However, if he's not in the right headspace, and Paul Kent nailed it on the weekend on the radio, he said, you know, and I can totally... He, he was arguing the point that I can understand why Mitchell Pearce doesn't want to play because he's the first one that gets shit-canned every time he loses. Yeah, and it's never, ever his fault. No, and it's not even the, the booze situation, like I said, it's probably not a big issue, but you don't need to be dragged through the mud when he's already copped a lot of damage. No, and he's so. clearly our best half. Yeah. Like, he's played one game, um, and he just killed it. And, and looked head and shoulders above anyone that's been competing for the last eight weeks for the spot. Yeah, easily. Simon Green, who are your favourite and least favourite commentators? I can sum this one up easily. I love Warren Smith. I hate Ray Hadley. Uh, I'm a Warren Smith man. Yeah, Warren Smith, big fan. I like Rabs. Ray Hadley, just, I don't know. I, he, he still calls like it's a radio game to me when he's on TV. That's my only issue with Rabs. Ah, uh, sorry. Ah, uh, what am I on the bloody old death? Ray Hadley. Yes, my bad for continually stumbling over my own words. Uh, the next one we've got here, what do you believe is more inconsistent this season, the refereeing or the performance of the Bulldogs? Performance of the Bulldogs? Nicholas, Brett. Yeah, I'd say the Bulldogs. Yeah, the refereeing. The refereeing. It's inconsistent. Oh, 100%, but Sorry. they're not, nowhere near as up and down as what the Bulldogs are no. right now. Definitely like to see a lot more from them as a team. Joseph Palazzi. Yeah, who, if any, have a legitimate chance to get a Blues jersey after City Country? Well, Cordner, Maloney, uh, Cartwright, the three we all a lot of. Yeah. So I'd go there. Andrew Wales. Uh, does anyone still really think City versus Country matters? Well, not in its current format. No, it doesn't. Exactly. No way. There's a few in the inbox here that we have, we've had a pretty busy weekend. Alistair Lott for the podcast. Channel 9 coverage. I watch all my footy on Fox, but this weekend I was forced to watch and listen to Channel 9. Rubbish. I've always liked Rabs, but he's too old and Sterling and Gus have broken records. My nomination uh, for a new league commentator would be Dan Ganane from Triple M. Thoughts? Yeah, Dan Ganane's all right. Um, I think it's going to be Matthew Thompson, but... Matthew so, Thompson? Yeah. Well, he was. He called uh, the City Country game. He called the Residence game as well. I'm not, I'm not sure how that worked. Yeah. I mean, it must have been pre-recorded. Not too sure. Unless they called it from Tamworth via a link. Um, hard, to, hard to know. We've got a few in the inbox here from Daniel Hollands and Chris Cicluna, but they're very, very in-depth on the Parramatta situation, so uh, a little bit too much to probably read and answer into on the show, but we'll get back to you fellas in the inbox. That's all the questions for this week. So we've reviewed the rep round, highlights, lowlights, uh, any questions that we had, any questions that you had. So we'll do the live reads now to Kaizen Sports Brock, which kicked off last night. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Did it go well? Went very, very well. Very well last night. So. All the numbers there at uh, Pepper Stadium, I think you started off at. Yep, yep, on the uh, on the outside field there at Pepper, so it uh, went really well. Good to know. Kaizen Sports Performance is a 10-week rugby league skill-based program for players aged 12 to 17 in the Western Sydney District. Running on Monday nights, Kaizen understands that all athletes physically develop differently, although in order to progress to higher levels in rugby league, there needs to be a strong foundation of skill. Players will be exposed to a number of high-performance coaches to coach the highest level of skill development. The Kaizen 10-Week Academy is the perfect program for aspiring players to learn from the best, to be the best they can be. For inquiries, go with kaizensports.com.au or check them out on Facebook at Kaizen Sports Performance. Kaizen is spelled K-A-I-Z-E. 
E-N. And uh, from all reports I got and talking to a few people that did go very well last night, should be a fantastic program at Rugby League Coaching Manual. Another great one on board, Boxhead. What do you reckon? Absolutely, yep. Anything coming out soon? Uh, maybe next month, yeah. Maybe so. next month. Good times. Well, very, very useful. I found it useful. Brock put me onto that once I stopped playing and started coaching. They've got great content that is definitely useful to coaches of all different levels. But as a rugby league coach, you have many different jobs. Some include being a mentor, a teacher, a leader, a counsellor, and a drill sergeant. One of the most important roles as a coach is getting the best out of your players. If you're there to get the best out of your players, who is there to get the best out of you? It's Rugby League Coaching Manual. They've been providing coaching educational material to coaches since 93 through their flagship publication, Coach Talk, DVDs, and Drill Books. All of this material is now available online through your very own RLCM membership, which gives you access to hundreds of articles and videos on coaching rugby league. In addition to this, you also receive access to online courses, an invitation to the monthly coaching webinar, plus a new edition of Coach Talk every month. To start your 30-day free trial, just visit rlcm.com.au and join as a foundation member today. But next, we'll be joined by Mr. Gossip. We'll give you all the tips uh, and odds thanks to williamhill.com. If you're going to have a bet on the NRL or any sport, make sure you do it with William Hill. Now, it's time for your weekly dose of goss from Mr. Gossip. And we welcome back Mr. Gossip from Alcoholic Hibernation for Rep Round. Champ, did you watch much of the football? I didn't, but I'm glad the club football's back. Bloody hallelujah. Oh, thank Christ for that. I think Brock basically just hammered it in the intro. He didn't give too much love to it, so I think we're all on the same kind of page about Rep Round. Yeah, I'm a man of the people. Yeah, let's hope to do something a little bit different next year with the schedule because it's obviously not working. I'd love to see the Oh, mate, I'd love to see the ratings even for the international once it, you know, kind of hit half time and things were a little bit down. To be honest, it wasn't the best game I've ever seen. But uh, the weekend was a bit slow, mate. How about the gossip ranks? Is there much cooking? There's uh, a lot cooking, actually. Uh, most of you would have heard today, I'd say, uh, about Nathan Peaks. But uh, look, he is good as gone. Uh, the Titans are ready for him, open arms. So I'm sure young Brocky there is pretty excited about that news. But the, the, the the Eels have given him two days, basically, to say, do you want to go? But um, I, I, I don't really think the decision's here. I think they'll just punt him up there. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. We'll have him. Open arms. We need a hooker. We need someone tough in the middle. He's a great player. I'll take him. Done. Yeah. Sold. Yeah, both your hookers are off contract anyway at the end of the year, so it, it, it seems the right fit, doesn't it? Absolutely. Well, you even look at the the nine situation there. I think they've said friends starting a bricklaying apprenticeship or something along well, those it's lines. It's last year, surely. Mosley, uh, Daniel Mortimer is not a nine. I know he's played there a few times. You could basically clean out all three hookers and start to rebuild that spot. But if you at least had Nathan Pizza, at least you know you've got a genuine nine. And if friend was happy to stay on a very light yeah, contract, I'd you might keep carrying him as a backup, cup or so. something like that. But yeah, Mosley and Mortimer, I'm not sold on either of them as a backup. So. Uh, that'd be an outstanding move by your club if they picked him up off power. Correct. Good work, Fingers power. are crossed. <laughs> Good work, power. Yeah, I was getting a lot of messages this afternoon saying one of them made some big plays for the rest of the year for free. You know, he's a good bloke. You probably would have, but you're just not allowed to do that. You can't 
like the Bulldogs did in 2002, they, they aren't allowed to take pay cuts, so he's got to go. Play the rest of the year for free. For free. Yeah, right. Will you work for the rest of the year for, for free? free? Yeah. <laughs> Bloody hell. Hell no. I'll tell you what, <laughs> if no. they said to me tomorrow... I won't work a day for free. Nah. If they said the funds <laughs> were going right to turn up and do what I do for free, no bloody way. I was going to drop the F-bomb then, but I thought better of it. Good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys, moving along. I've got some news that I'm very excited about as a Panther fan, and it's James Tarmel. He told his fellow Cowboys teammates tonight that he is off to Penrith. So the Panthers uh, look to announce that probably in the next couple of days. So an international, um, a prop, one a, one a premiership would be good for the young Panthers. Jamie Tarmel to the Panthers. Mate, and a monument too. His head looks like Easter Island. How good is that? Wow. You get three and one. Oh, it's flopped on him. He's even gone delayed. Laugh on me. What's oh, no. <laughs> oh, he had, to, he had to Google it. He hasn't bid in. No, honestly, it's a good buy. Uh, money-wise, what they were talking, we spoke about this earlier. Decent front row, five, six hundred thousand. They're talking around the vicinity of seven fifty. But I guess, do you want him to leave North Queensland? You're going to have to move a little bit and. Uh, he's certainly one of the premier front rows in the comp, and it's a position the Panthers need. So. Yeah, good boy. If that's Great the case. Boy. Origin good. player, international, yeah. no-brainer. Good move. Yeah. And more good news for the Panthers. Um, Rabbitohs forward uh, Chris Grismore will join the club next week. Oh, oh, snap. Well, Gus, he's been saying for weeks that that's, that hasn't been happening. It won't happen, won't happen, won't well, happen. Well, I think the knock-on effect... Secrets and lies, Gussie. Yeah, he does it all the time. They said ET wasn't going anywhere either, so... Mm. Uh, I think the knock-on effect we saw yesterday, Brett Gronke, uh, a great back row centre that's come through the Bronco system, was released. They didn't announce a club, and then two hours later, Souths announced they had picked him up. So, obviously, Maguire's finally bit the bullet, which I was saying, <laughs> if you were going to let somebody go when they were doing this little reshuffle, surely you wouldn't develop Gresmill further. You'd move him on. No, I wouldn't so, develop anyone further. If, if someone signed and they were there for another year, yeah. elsewhere, I'd punt him to reserve. So, now they're picking up a bloke who was a pretty solid player, um, done well in that residence game, has been good in their system. Him. He is a back row, so he probably gets an opportunity, and that's massive for Penrith. Yeah, it makes sense for both teams. Absolutely. Definitely. Great yeah. move. You must be and cheering, Hook, Goss. Yeah, Hook comes to Penrith with, with not much fanfare, but he, he looks like he's recruiting in the right areas. We've been saying for a couple of years on this podcast that the Panthers need some props, they need some size, and it looks like that's, that's what he's doing. Well, if you've got Campbell, Gillard, and Latu who are coming along nicely, and then you stick in a genuine third front row and a leader uh, in James Tarmow, that's only going to further help them along with a younger, uh, an older bloke like Matungi who they got at a cut rate and then you've got Fisher-Harris and a few other young bloods pushing through as well so the stock's starting to build really nicely in that position. Absolutely. Yeah, good times. But with all those signings boys it will come bad news for the Panthers with James Deguiara likely to be pushed out. Dragons are the front runners with them but I guess we're having some itchy rain from, from the Dragons as does Mitch Rain start and Seguiara come on at the back end of the halves or does yeah. Mitch Rain go? I think that's what will happen. But will Mitch Rain want to play 50 minutes a game? Yeah. 40 minutes a game? That's going to be the question. Do you want to put that much money into two hookers as well, though? And I think Mitch Rain's been holding out for that reason, and there was talk that your mob was interested. But if I could get Nathan Peets instead of Rain, I'd be taking Peets. Every day of the week. So, yeah, it's, that's a bit of an awkward situation there. Uh, I, just, I, I think Penrith, I, I'd go back to them again. We spoke about halves. If they could legitimately have a crack at Norman, that would be somewhat of a deal breaker you'd have to think though wouldn't you if James Seguiara was moved on seeing they live together yeah I, I think Norman will stay at Parra that's my mail anyway but um, yeah. we have the Panthers fan obviously I'm drooling and, and hoping that that he will but I think he will stay in Parra I'm with you could Seguiara go to Parra uh, bloody hell 
if they're going to lose a Watmau deal for next year... They'd they still, but, but you need to upgrade Norman and you're still over the cap now. So if you're upgrading Norman and you're barely skimming yeah. under this year... It's no, I'm a, just throwing it out there. Like, if, if Norman and yeah. uh, Seguiara are good pals, he wouldn't want to move too far. I wouldn't think Seguiara if he's not going to be at Penrith. Makes yeah. sense. It's a bit of a, bit of a shuffle. But, yeah, logistically, whether Parra can fit him under is a, is a nah, and that's, $2 million question. When, when I heard about the last week, obviously, Norman, a lot of people were here and he was interested. I was... Thinking back to what we said about Seguiara basically I'm being gone. coach. Like, if I'm Brad Arthur, I'm thinking, well, I'm going to... If I'm shedding Pete's and I don't really have a replacement, like Isaac de Goyce isn't a long-term option there. No. You, you're then looking into the market, and if he's best mates with your best player, mm. it just makes sense to me. So. Yeah. Oh, I 100% yeah. agree. And same on the flip if you're Penrith, though. If you get yeah. Corey Norman and you've got his housemate and his best friend... Yeah. You're not really in a good position. Not saying you're overpaying, but you're in a position to kind of bait him. Well, you're over a barrel a little bit, aren't you? Money-wise, somewhat, you can try and keep him on a reasonable amount and let him know that, you know, Norman's probably going to come to the club. So, yeah, yeah I can see yeah, both ways. If you're Brad Arthur, considering the current climate with Warren and whatnot, the one player you want to keep in your whole squad is Norman. Correct. Yeah, 100%. All right, so I don't see him going anyway. All right, boys, last one for the night. Um... Rabbitohs chasing Tarek Sims, who is off contract with the Knights. I personally believe that Tarek will re-sign with the Knights, but the Rabbitohs are chasing hard. Mate, I think he's pretty happy where he is. He came out very early, which, again, was kind of disappointing for me, seeing I don't think he's been playing that well and he was suspended, basically saying he was looking for a long-term deal and security. Um, is it harsh probably to say it's easy money and an easy spot to get a deal because not many people want to go there? I think that's probably a fair statement, but if he re- was to reach his potential, I'd be very happy for Newcastle to give him a decent payday but I think South missed the boat on this two years ago when I thought they wasted the money when Burgess left in buying you know Tim Grant and Glenn Stewart they needed an explosive back rower and, and they let uh, Teo and, and Burgess go and they bought an older bloke who had a bunch of injuries and a front rower who had no leg speed so um, yeah I, I don't know how good they'll go but him and his brother are together they seem pretty settled so I don't think he'll leave Newcastle no I wouldn't think so either uh, but it would be a good recruiting Coup for South, obviously, if they're losing Gresmore, they've shed, um, obviously, McQueen to the Titans, and they've lost some forward depth, so uh, it, it would be a good coup for South. No doubt. All right, well, that's the gossip done. The tips last week didn't count, so we're back to a fresh start this week. We kick things off with the odds from WilliamHill.com. If you're going to have a bet on the NRL or any sport, make sure you do it with William Hill Thursday night. Uh, short turnaround for these two teams who contributed a lot of players to the City Country match. We have the Raiders, who had five in that game, and the Dragons. And looking at the lineups here, Quinlan and DeBellin are out, so he's obviously picked up an injury, a shoulder injury from that game, which, again, uh, another reason why players or clubs don't want their players in that game. Marketo, Joel Thompson, Lafire there. They've got an extra man on the bench. Raiders unchanged after their one-point loss to the Penrith Panthers. This is a hard one to tip. Like I said, having those five players in that game. What's is, the hoodoo game? Yeah. Well, the, the hoodoo got broken and flipped around, I think. I think the Raiders yeah, have lost the last it couple. Did, but yeah. I'm going to stick with the Raiders in this one, not with a whole lot of confidence in either of these teams, though, to be honest. Mm, this is a tough one. Uh, I'm going to go... I'll go with the Raiders, uh, just because I think they've got more points in them. But I've been saying that for weeks and weeks and weeks. But I, I think the Dragons stunk against the Warriors, so they might be sliding, as I expected to happen a little bit earlier. Yeah, the Dragons can't get much worse than they they played against the Warriors. I wonder if you have the Raiders. They finished strong against the Panthers, um, had a couple of calls go against themselves. So, yeah, I'm going the Raiders. 
Yeah, I think that's a fair call from every single one of us here. And looking at the odds, thanks to WilliamHill.com, the Raiders, they are favourites, $1.70, $2.15 about the Dragons, minus two and a half is a line. Uh, I kind of get the feeling that the Dragons will still make this ugly. So the 1-12 to market, 385 for the Dragons, 325 for the Raiders. Friday night, the Vengeance game. We're looking forward to the reaction here from the Parramatta Eels against the South Sydney Rabbitohs, who have a swag of changes. But on Paris side of things, Takarengi, he will play six again. Tim Manor out with that shoulder injury. Tepai Maroa back in. Souths, Alex Johnston has moved to fullback. Inglis will play six. Luke Keary goes to the bench. And Jack Goslowski, who I've watched play some New South Wales Cup, he gets his debut game here. So uh, a heap of changes there. Not sure what kind of attitude they, they're going to bring. I'm assuming it's going to be a lot better than what it has been. And I think gossip you've nailed it here with Gresmill going out of the side. That probably hints at what you're saying about the move to Penrith. But um, I'm looking for vengeance. So I'm going to go with Parramatta being very, very angry off the back of what's happening. Yeah, well, it makes sense. I think Parramatta at home, uh, I don't think South have hit any great heights. They're obviously tinkering a little bit. If English is going to play 5-8, Alex Johnson uh, back, obviously, after injury. Uh, look, I think Parramatta will win, and uh, and that's without taking into account the fact that it's their first game after the cap scandal. Yeah, boys, it's harder to think of a broken nose this one, but I'm going to go to the Eels. Actually, someone tweeted me today that there's already been 14,000 tickets sold by Parramatta fans, so well, yeah. uh, fans will be out, uh, the, the players will be pumped. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to go to the Eels in a, in a fiery clash. Yeah, I'm expecting plenty of anger. A dollar fifty favourites they are. South Sydney two sixty. The line minus six with WilliamHill.com. Uh, I don't know if I'd be willing to quite dabble into the thirteen plus market with Parrot two seventy five at one to twelve is again there three dollars ten for them. South Sydney four dollars fifteen. Super Saturday favourite day of the week. It kicks off with the Penny Panthers against the Warriors. And it looks like this week off may have did, done them some good. All those blokes get a rest. A couple of di- blokes did play City Country, but uh, at least they get a decent turnaround. The only change there, Wanga Blake, Gossip's favourite player, he's back in the side. <laughs> uh, Isaiah Yo moves back to the second round. Fisher-Harris goes to an extended bench uh, with Sui Matungi wearing 20. On the other side, the Warriors, they've brought back the Steel Knox crew. All the boys are back. Bodine Thompson, uh, Ben Madalino, a couple of those blokes are back in. Uh, you've also got, who is it, Thomas Lulu, I was the other one, I forgot, he had the ankle injury, and Tui Lola, he's back from his ankle injury, so Matt Orwood, Sioni Lousy did his ACL, Robson and Tolfoa Sipley are all out. This one, dead set, I could smash me out on a table because I was very tempted to tip, do the, it. tip the Warriors, but I'm not going to do it, I'm going to tip Penrith. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going Penrith, and you know what, how does McFadden maintain any credibility when he's won a game without all those blokes... They've cocked up, done the wrong thing, and then they serve the one-game suspension and he brings them all back in. Well, Lulawai and Lola here weren't a part of it. Uh, That's ridiculous. I think Madalino and Thompson were. So he did drop six players. He's brought two back. So I think injuries had a part to play with Lousy being out for the year. Um, But, yeah, I can see where you're coming from. Two of them have got straight back in the side. Yeah. He's grounded. He's not his field children for a week in in their back. It's very strange. But... um, I'm going to go to the Panthers. Uh, a lot of lot of players that played in the city of this country played really, really well in the conference. will be high. They're young. Um, I reckon they'll be ripping in a terrace. Yep, and they're at home as well in the mighty... I oh, know they're not. They took it over there. I've always mixed that up. They're going yeah. over to New Zealand. So, a bit of a road trip. They'll see if they can get the job done. But William Hill certainly thinks so. They've got them at $1.65, $2.25 
about the Warriors. Minus three and a half is the line. One to twelve, three dollars fifteen the Panthers, three ninety-five the Warriors, and thirteen plus three twenty Penrith and four seventy-five New Zealand. The second one, probably the game of the round, or to me it is, and I'm looking forward to watching it. It is the Melbourne Storm versus the North Queensland Cowboys. Melbourne, they're unchanged from that round nine. Uh, win where they got 38-0 over the Titans. I did see Curtis Scott play on the weekend. Does he come into the side? I'm not sure. Cora Beattie, is he healthy? I'm not sure about that either. But him, Tonema PR, a few of these blokes, they'll be pushing. The Cowboys, ridiculous. They're unchanged again. Uh, I'm easily tipping against my own side. I don't care if it's in Melbourne. I think if Ben Hampton's playing out in the edges there and we've got Tohu Harris, who does a very good job out in that other edge, I think they'll take us apart on our edges, to be honest. They're just way too good of a side. Oh, I think they've got too many points in them. Cowboys, um, so I'll tip them. But the Storms' form—it's it's hard to work out. I think they, they haven't beaten uh, a top eight side so far this year. Um, or oh, actually, I think that's right. Um, any any team that's in the top eight, they've lost to. So uh, interesting. This is a bit of a yardstick game for Melbourne, but I expect the Cowboys to win. I'm tipping an upset, boys. I'm going to go to the Storm. I reckon they're going to frustrate the hell out of the Cowboys. Love your work. <clears throat> Absolutely. There's all the fans out there saying they hope I tip against them because they generally win when I do go against them. So prove me wrong, Melbourne. Prove me wrong. Uh, $1.45 with WilliamHill.com. The Cowboys, heavy favourites. Melbourne, two seventy five minus six and a half is the line. Uh, no, minus six and a half. I don't mind that. Don't mind that at all. One to twelve, Melbourne, four thirty five, three ten. About the Cowboys and multi value, 12 and a half start, $1.39 about the Storm. So, mm. massive double header though there up at Suncorp, and it finishes with Manly and the Broncos. This one, a few changes have occurred for the Broncos. You've obviously got Alex Glenn, who's injured himself for the last couple of weeks and he's struggling, so he's been ruled out. Semi thigh day, he's going to shift into the back row. McCulloch's still not there, Adam Blair. Suspended, obviously, for that chicken wing. So a player that we've given some raps to, Jai Arrow, he finally makes his debut, basically in the mould of Corey Parker. I'm a huge rap on this kid. But looking at Manly, Brett Stewart, he comes back in. Blake Leary is on an extended bench. I said it last week, and I'll say it again. I think they've been tough considering all the changes and challenges that have been thrown at them. And we're talk, talking about upsets. I'm going to go Manly. As insane as that sounds, I'm, I'm going to back Manly to get an upset win here. Yeah. No, I'm going to go the Broncos. I think they'll win. Um, I hope you're. I hope you're wrong because I've got that top four. But I need Broncos to keep winning. I think up there, uh, they're on the back of a loss as well. So, uh, Manly, yeah, it'll be. It's a bit of a yardstick game for them as well. I think. Well, yeah, I've got to go the Broncos. Coming off that close loss against the Sharks, Bennett will have them fired up um, at home as well. Maybe if, if it wasn't at home um, and it was in Sydney, then I might have tipped them. But uh, in Brookvale, but. Up there, got to go to the Broncos. I was just happy to hear them excited that they're going up there. They're talking about the big crowds. They're looking forward to it. And again, I think they've been messed around a little bit, but they've got their halves, they've got their fullback, and they've got their nine. So with a bit of stability in the spine this week, uh, I'm pushing for this to be one of those weeks where they finally show a bit of that promise, which has got a lot of people having them in their top eight. So, yeah. yeah. Why don't Trent Barrett as a player, Jitty had a good record up there for the Dragons? <clears throat> Yeah, they did. They had a great run. Yeah, they had a great run for a number of years, and I think now they're on the opposite end of the the scale for uh, some time. But the odds here absolutely massive. If I want to take Manly with William Hill, four dollars eighty five are Manly a dollar eighteen favourites. The Brisbane Broncos minus thirteen and a half is the line. Even one to twelve, I get six fifty. Booyah! Yeah, I'm tipping the Broncos. I'm tipping the Broncos. Uh, 
That wow. is massive. The Broncos, 1 to 12, 3, 10, 13 plus, $1.80 in multi value, 12.5 start on Manly, $1.95. I think they'll be taking a piece of that. I don't, I don't see that much of a blowout happening, to be honest. It, yeah, no, you're spot on. That's, Miss, that's, missing your nine. That's great odds. Yes, missing great your, odds. If you're going to be missing your starting hooker, who's absolutely underrated, international front rower, uh, and, you know, just in general, coming off the rep round, a bit of continuity gone there, killing the flow, I, I, I'm liking Manly, 1-12 to 12 at least, or with the 12-and-a-half <laughs> start. That's craziness. But Sunday, the Newcastle Knights, what can you say? They're playing the Sharkies, who have been absolutely outstanding uh, looking at their side, David Defeater gets a run. Joseph Paulo, he's in there on an extended bench with him. Jason Bakuya, he's been suspended, so one of those blokes will get a start this week. On the other side, David Barner is out. Will Pearsall is out. Jacob Safidi, Sam Mataora, and Tyler Randall. They've got an extended bench uh, every single week. You're not sure what you're going to get, but Brock Lamb, he gets a second crack at first grade here. There's a couple of Matauti brothers, all the rest of it, but let's be honest, you're going to tip the Sharks. Yes, correct Mundo, my friend. Uh, they'll win, and they're playing tough footy. Newcastle, I think, will compete, uh, but they won't be up to this level. Uh, I think they'll get gassed, to be honest. Get gassed? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Newcastle are the easy beats this year of the competition, but when they're at home, they, they do put in, so I, I don't think you'll get the 13 plus, but, um, yeah, you, you can't tip in the win. I'm going to be that grub. I'm giving the 13 plus because if anyone likes playing tough, it's the Sharks. They'll have a dog fight. So I think Newcastle will fire up, but the young pups are going to cop a beat down. Bit of a schooling from the old dog. Well, it's up there. I'll give Newcastle a little bit of credibility. If it was at the prison, I'd be with you. Yeah. I'd be I'm, saying 13 plus. I'm still calling prison rules. <coughs> no doubt. Prison rules are on no for sure. Doubt. And uh, they agree with us at WilliamHill.com. $1.17 to the Sharks. $5 for the Newcastle Knights. Minus 14 is the line here. I still can't believe this game is basically on par with Manly Broncos. That's insane. That is, uh, that's craziness. But 1 to 12, Newcastle 650. 1 to 12, the Sharkies 320. 13 plus, the Sharks $1.72. Newcastle for Cousin Gary, if you want to have a 13 plus <laughs> champ, you get, you get $15. All right. Oh. Now that's generous from William. <laughs> I'll give you 100 to 1. Yeah, 12 and a half starter, even for a multi value. If you think 1 to 12, Goss, you get $1.97 about the Knights. So. Yeah, not a bad bit of scratch there. Tigers and Doggies on a Sunday. A heap of changes here. I'm basically already got my tip sorted just because James Tedesco is not playing. But uh, Justin Hunt, he moves into fullback. But Moses comes back. Woods comes back. Tim Grant comes back. And Elijah Taylor, he's on deck for his first game. So Cheekham, JJ Felice, Asapelli Finney, all out. The Doggies. Sam Parrott moves to fullback because Hopawato, he's not going to be playing for the next three Sundays. I'm still dirty that they haven't given Brad Abbey uh, any game time or any opportunity here. They've basically just denied themselves a ball playing fullback, which is what they need. But uh, as much as it like, really pains me, I'm going to tip the Bulldogs, even though you couldn't trust them as far as you could throw Sam Cassiano. Oh, this is a tough one. Do um, it. Do it. Yeah, I'll, go, I'll tip the Tigers. Um, look, I, I think they've probably got more points in them than Canterbury. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to get with the Dogs, but now that I've tipped against them, um, Canterbury probably lap West, but... Tedesco is the, the linchpin for me. If no Tedesco, I'm off. Yeah. yeah the Dogs seem to be going win-loss, win-loss, so I'll tip them for the win, but the Tigers are a completely different side with, with Woodsy back in the frame, so um, it'll be a close one again. Um, hopefully a good game. Yeah, well, the Tigers of William Hill, they're $4. $1.25 are the Dogs, minus 10 and a half. Is the line? I'd go one to twelve on this one. Bulldogs two ninety five, five fifty for the Tigers, and multi value twelve and a half start on the Tigers a dollar sixty seven 
if you like them to hang in there. And the last game of the round, the Titans play the Sydney Roosters, who are looking to start a bit of a run. The Titans, I think it's five in a row now they've lost, so tough times. But your favourite player, Brock, Anthony Don, he's back. He's back on deck, Boom. Anthony Don. And he re-signed too, which is uh, even better for you. Yeah, he drops him and then re-signs him. You got him till 2018. What is now. happening? How good's that? 2018. Good it's times. It's investigation. Man. Yeah. Well, you can hang out with Tony Don and have a beer. <laughs> David Shillington's back. Eddie Pettibourne's back. Uh, they've got an extended bench with Pettibourne and Don, actually. Lachlan Burt out. The Roosters, Sean Kenny Dow. He's got the ankle injury, but Daniel Tupo returns this week. So it's a straight swap. And Connor Watson is on an extended bench. Uh, honestly... I think you guys will be better for the break and they've probably gone back to training and addressed some things. But I think now is when the whip comes out for the Roosters and they start to win some games. So I'm on the Chookies. Yep. Roosters to win, um, even though uh, I hope the Titans win. But I think, you know, the Roosters with Pierce back. Uh, Waria Hargreaves, a game under his belt. Cordner, uh, fresh off a really good performance in City Country. I think they win. Yeah. Yeah. Mitchell Pierce couldn't have picked two teams better to, to, to start back with Newcastle and Titans, could he? You know? um, but yeah, I, I can't tip the Titans. But it's Monday night football, and um, you always see an upset, but I can't tip the Titans. I've got to tip the Roosters. But I can't remember the last time we saw the Titans on a Monday night, to be honest. It's been a while. Uh, I think Melbourne's played in the last few years, but that's like Titans on a Monday. But yeah, it's, it's been Melbourne twice in a row, I think, but like around Origin time, and it's been a crap game because we've missed our players. I think they played Penrith on a Monday night last year, if you remember. Well, we played you and we lost on full time, where Mahe, I thought, scored, and they called it a no try. Oh, that's bad luck. Yeah. That's like, probably the last time we beat you. Didn't matter. We, we, <laughs> we got in the grand final qualifier. Yeah. So. Yeah, and we competed for the spoon. Yeah, good time. Like every year. <laughs> Uh, uh, tops. We're all in the Roosters. Willing Hill agree. A dollar forty-five, two seventy-five about the Titans. Minus six and a half is the line uh, in this game. One to twelve, four thirty-five Titans, three ten Roosters, and thirteen plus six fifty Titans, two ninety-five, uh, two fifty-five. The Chookies. But looking at this one, uh, we're pretty uniform. Besides gossip on the Storm Cowboys game and me, I put my nuts on the table for Manly Broncos and. Brock's done the same back on the Tigers against the Doggies. So we've, we've, the Tigers. we've all gone one game here where we've basically looked at each other and said, seriously, what are you smoking, drinking, or doing? So that's all right. There's, there's a bit of risk involved with everyone here. Someone could drop a point. Go the Tigers! Oh, well. <laughs> Jason Taylor's biggest fan. Right yeah. Here. He loves Jason. Come on, Jace. Wow. I just don't like the Dogs. Simple, <laughs> simple as that. That is a lot. Yeah, mate, you're just showing off that you got a five-point lead. Here. Yeah, I'm skylarking. He's just he's just hanging about there. This oh, is, yeah, good. This Bring is, it on. This is an outrage. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to call a lawyer. It needs to be an investigation. We're splitting this show in half. I'm calling lawyers. This, <laughs> this is over. Gossip, mate. There was fingers, no prenup either. Yeah, no prenup. Fingers crossed, champ, that this week, I really do pray for you that it's not a heart attack game. Penrith Panthers, if oh. you're listening, any of your players, anyone out there, no more 1-12s. to Just get a blowout game. So, Goss can sit home, have some beers, and kick back and not have to stress out. Like Dad said... That's it. He's yeah, got the... Bloody he, oh, he's got, got hair left. Got no fingernails left. No, he dead set looks like an ice ache after a week-long bender at this point in time. You've stressed him into the ground. <laughs> Mrs. Mrs. Gossip doesn't need him wandering around the house crying. No. You know? That's right. You shouldn't need that anymore. Win by 20 or lose by 20, eh? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Just like That's a horse. My motto if you're a horse, don't run second. If you're not going to win me some cash, just run like an absolute donkey and come last. Yeah. Just take another horse out. 
Yeah, do something <laughs> useful, but don't run second. Yeah, hit the running rail, something. Yeah, don't run second. <laughs> Throw the jockey off and stomp him. Yeah. Do me a favour. At least entertain Give me some entertainment. Brilliant. Thanks, Goss, mate. Enjoy your weekend, and uh, fingers crossed for the pennies. Thanks, Lance. Pleasure as always. And a big thanks, as always, goes to Mr. Gossip. If you want to have a look on his page on Facebook, type in NRL Gossip into the search bar. And at Twitter, it's exactly the same, at NRL Gossip. Thank you, Kaizen Sports Performance, for being on board. Thank you, Rugby League Coaching Manual. Make sure you go onto both their pages if you're interested in the academy or if you're an up-and-coming coach and want some help. RLCM.com.au Kaizen on Facebook. K-A-I-Z-E-N is how you spell it, and you can get the link to their website and most importantly the biggest thank you goes to williamhill.com if you're going to have a bet on the NRL or any sport make sure you do it with William Hill the charity bet Brock we didn't have one on the weekend I think we both lost track of time a little bit so well it probably wasn't worth having one to be fair nah well honestly I would have gone country and we would have lost so it's probably not a bad thing yeah. uh, this week we've put again a leg together that we both like you like the Roosters and I'm with you $1.45 and I like Manly with a 12 and a half start against the Broncos I think $1.97 is ridiculous yeah. we get $2.83 so our 100 on take the stake out there's a possibility of $183 for the charity of our choice and that'll take us I'm pretty sure over the $1,000 mark good so that's what we want, mate. That is what we want. So that's our charity bet for this week. If anyone's interested, Manly with a 12.5 start, $1.97. The Roosters to win, $1.45. All up in a multi. That gets you $2.83. So thank you, WilliamHill.com. And thank you to Kaizen Sports. And thank you to RLCM. But that's us for another week, champ. It is, bud. It is. Good Another times. good week. Mate, outstanding. Rep round is over. We are back into the grind of the NRL season uh, the first third is gone. Let's see what happens on the run into Origin. Can the Roosters kickstart their season? Can Parramatta maintain the rage, or will the heart be ripped out with the possibility of Nathan Peets going? And who will win the blockbuster between the Storm and the Cowboys? We won't know until things kick off this weekend. But for now, enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? Where, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.